Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Pleasure Path. Today, we are talking about elemental sensuality or sexuality. And my question to you is, have you ever had a vision of love that seemed really juicy and aligned, but it never really happened? You know, sometimes we have this beautiful vision, but it's not planted. Like the seed of our vision never gets planted into our bodies, into our sexuality, into our life force energy, or into our ecosystem. And so today we're going to talk about how to balance out the elements within you, within your sexuality, within your partnership, and within the ecosystem that you live in so that your visions can come to life and so that you can experience more stability and more receptivity. Now, this also applies to dating in terms of patterns of attraction. So let's say you're into someone who is a certain element, like someone who's fiery and passionate and driven and determined and outgoing, but you also have a lot of those traits in you too, you might find that the people who have more fire are are burned by your fire. Like they're not as attracted to your fire because they have a lot of their own fire. So in that case, working with the elements to bring in more water or more earth could help you attract someone who has more of that fire. So, you know, familiarity binds, it like brings us together, but opposites attract. And understanding our own elemental makeup and how that influences our relationships and the type of people we're attracted to can really help when it comes to dating. And also in long-term relationship, if you ever feel like your sex life gets stale or you've lost your libido or you feel like your partner and you just aren't connecting as deeply on a physical way, then this episode is also for you. So if you think about the elements, I'll go through them quickly. In a lot of traditions, it's earth, water, fire, and air. But in certain traditions, they also add like ether, which is kind of like spaciousness. And some traditions even add like celestial realms, like from earth at the, at the you know, most grounded all the way up to like astral level, you know, and beyond on the least grounded. There's a spectrum. There's a spectrum of energy density and a spectrum of elements. But when I say like energy density, it doesn't mean that one is better or worse than the other. Let me be clear, like we need all of these elements because it's not about just hitting one note and like being in that all the time because life has changed and our relationships and dating ask different things of us at different times. And the land we live on needs different things depending on where we live. So we're part of an ecosystem and our relationship and our dating life is just part of that broader ecosystem. And the elements are a really fun way to think about how to create more balance and also how to alchemize. You know, I believe I'm a woman of love. I'm here to create love, to be love, to express love, to give love, to receive love. And part of that means alchemizing, alchemizing things that are getting in the way of love within me and within my partnerships. And a lot of my alchemizing lately has related to getting more grounded, to connecting more to the earth. So my daughter, Ruby, is very fiery. She has a lot of fire in her. And she also has a lot of earth in her. So she's 
very um she can be very stubborn and very determined and she has a ton of energy now there are times when i am with her and i'm also in my fire element and we're just like having a great time but when she's not very resourced or she's really <clears throat> over indexing in her fire it does not work for me to bring more fire like we just end up getting into a fight or kind of burning each other out wearing each other out what i found is that when she is really in her fire element i need to bring more water and more earth so that looks like instead of meeting her in her fire slowing way down and being like, oh, yeah, you really wanted the, you know, apple for a snack, but you've already had five apples today. Like, huh, what else could we find? Let's look together. So this slowness in my voice, this like fluidity and openness and just really getting calm and grounded, which is not my natural strategy when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And that's just an example with my daughter, but this also applies, as I was saying, to our dating life, you know? So if we're thinking about our own constitution, let's let's do that now, actually. So maybe you've done something like Ayurveda and you have a sense of what your elements are. Maybe you are, you know, really into astrology and you have a sense of where you have a lot of planets, like what um, signs you have a lot of planets in and and if there's any planets that you strongly identify with, like obviously if you identify more with the sun, you might have more fire. So there's a lot of ways you can kind of think through your own elemental makeup. And if you're curious, if you're not sure, you know, you can always reach out to me. And if we do a breakthrough call, I can chat with you about that and, and we can explore. But if you think about your own elemental makeup, then you think about what is it that you crave or want in partnership, whether you're in a partnership right now or not. And just ask yourself, are there some imbalances? As I said earlier, are you fiery, but you also want a partner who's fiery? Or maybe you're air and your partner is earth and you feel like you're totally at other ends of the spectrum and it's hard for you to connect. You might benefit from bringing in more earth, but also bringing in more fire or more water, like your watery nature could seep into his earthiness and create some, some connection. So think about your own elements and think about the elements of your partnership or what you'd like to have in partnership. And then think about imbalances. Where is there too much of a certain element? And where is there too little of a certain element? And right now I'm just specifically talking about air, fire, water, and earth. That just keeps it simple, at least for now. You can take notes on this. You can just kind of reflect. And as you think of the elements that are missing, you know, the elements that you don't have enough of, then the fun part is linking that into our bodies. So as I was saying earlier, we can have these great ideas, but if they're not embodied, if they're not a part of how we behave, how we move through space, how we connect with those around us, then then it's just kind of staying in the mind. And I know that firsthand because I have a lot of fire, but I also have a lot of air and I have a lot of visions. And then they don't always come to fruition if I'm not paying attention and really planting those visions into my body and into the way that I am showing up in the world. So let's talk about how the elements then are related to our sexuality and our sensuality. Each element is related to a part of the body, a sexual part of the body. So when you think about the earth element, it's about elimination, release, 
grounding. You know, the earth element relates to our feet, our legs, our, you know, perineum, but it also sexually relates to our anus. It relates to that part of our body that is closely related to the uh, root chakra. So maybe you enjoy doing things anally, sexually. Maybe you don't. But it's not so much about whether you're having anal sex or not. It's about are you able to feel comfortable and connected to this part of your body? So do you have shame around elimination? Do you have shame around um, touching this part of you or thinking about this part of you? When we can celebrate like, yeah, I have this body part. It's beautiful. Like, I love this part of me. It's capable of giving me pleasure whether I explore that or not. Then there can be a lot of healing and connection and slowing down. So this is not a part of my body I connect to really deeply or often. But when I do, it is deeply calming and really relaxing. And even just celebrating this part of my body, even if there's no touch or anything else, feels like an act of remembering my innocence remembering that I'm a child of the earth, that I'm an animal, a creature who is inherently sexual, that I am naturally erotic, just like a plant and flowers blooming, just like animals. You know, there's a natural eroticism to the earth element and to this part of our body. So if you're missing the earth element, then connecting more to your perineum, to your anus, to your legs, to your feet, foot massage, rubbing oil on your legs, um, cherishing these parts of you can be a way to bring more grounding and more earth element. For the water element, that's related to our womb space. If you don't have a womb, you can still relate to this energetically, to the cosmic womb or the energetic womb. We all have that ability to create and to birth new life, even if it's not a baby. Birthing new life through projects, through relationships, through travel, like Anything that feels creative and playful and fertile is related to the water element. So you can do things like womb washing, sacred baths, um, checking out different kinds of lubrication. Your mouth is also related to the water element because the moisture in our mouth. So anything related to wetness or moisture or um, the different ways that water can play into into our natural environment, you know, rain, like I think of lovemaking in the rain or under a waterfall or next to the ocean or in the ocean. And to me, that's a turn on. <laughs> so this can be physical stuff that you do, like I said, with the earth element where you're massaging your legs or your feet, or it can also relate to the fantasies in your mind or the things that turn you on to think about like the water element and making love in the rain or, or under a waterfall. As you think about the water element, just notice, like, am I getting turned on? Do I feel more wetness in my mouth? Do I feel more connection to my hips? The water element is our womb space, but also our hips and anything that's fluid, creative, sensual. So let's take a breath. <laughs> and then we're going to keep going into the other elements. Paying attention to the one that you feel like you need in order to create more balance in your love life, in your body, in your sexuality. So the fire element is related to passion and heat and turn on and fireworks and solar plexus energy. And sexually that relates to our clitoris. Or if you're in a, a body with a penis, you know, it relates to the penis. 
So our clitoris or our penis or any part of us that feels that spark, that electricity, you know, if you've had a clitoral orgasm, you probably know that it feels different than like a G-spot or cervical orgasm. A clitoral orgasm is all fire. It's like fast and um, localized. Usually it feels more localized than like a cervical orgasm, which feels a little bit more full body. And this is the part of us just like fire that can activate quickly, but can also like burn out quickly and, and finish quickly. You know, it has a more finite, um, more finite um, like life cycle. It, it happens. Everything happens faster with the fire element. So if you feel like you need more passion in your love life or you want to bring more fire energy to your dating, then connecting with your clitoris is a way to start, is a way to bring in more of that fire element in your sexuality and bring in more of um, what that represents. You know, I think of like Kim Cattrall in Sex in the City, like she to me embodies that fire element, that um, boldness, that feistiness. And then if you think about the next element, the air element, that's related to sound and vibration. And air is also a channel for vibration, right? Like vibration moves across water, but it moves across air more. And that's related sexually to our cervix. So our cervix is connected to our heart. Our heart chakra has the air element associated with it. And this cervix heart connection is through the vagal nerve. The vagal nerve connects the heart to the cervix. And it's a different nerve network than the clitoral nerves. And what this means is that when we have a clitoral orgasm, it is more of that kind of firework. It happens and then it fades quickly. Whereas when we have a cervical orgasm, it can ripple through us. It can ripple through our whole body the same way that sound travels through air. And it can ripple through our whole body for a longer amount of time. A cervical orgasm tends to feel a little bit more like a wave instead of a firework. And so that wave... Um, yeah, it just tends to last longer. It tends to be a fuller experience and a longer lasting experience and also a more emotional experience. So it kind of links like the water element and the air element both through these cervical orgasms. Now, if you've never even thought about your cervix or you've never connected to your cervix, you might be like, what? <laughs> so work with someone, work with someone to better understand your connection to your cervix. I help my women that I work with both through sacred sexuality and my other programs to learn how to connect their cervix using different tools, breathwork techniques, um, different wands, crystal and glass wands. There's a lot of ways to work with the cervix, but it's a very sensitive, deep part of us. It's, it's the deepest part of our feminine body um, other than our womb space, but it's connected obviously to our womb space. So it requires a lot of reverence and honor and regard and going slow. You know, I wouldn't encourage you to just like pop something in and find your cervix. Like you want to be um, held in that exploration and you want to be guided in a way that's really patient and loving. And there are all sorts of techniques, you know, everything from cervical de-armoring where we're releasing tension that we might have been holding in the cervix, tension from sexual trauma or sex that was painful in the past or birthing trauma or period and menstrual trauma or medical trauma, you know, of having ultrasounds and pap smears and all of that. There's there's a lot that can get stored in the cervix. So the de-armoring part is part of it. But part of it, too, is what I call like awakening the service, cervix. You know, you awaken the cervix by dearmoring, but also by doing some energetic and physical practices. One of which I teach my clients is imagining and treating the cervix like a singing bowl. 
and to allow there to be this vibrational tone that happens through your cervix in lovemaking and and in life. So I just got really deep into the cervix. That's like one of my favorite explorations within my sacred sexuality course. But my point is, if you need more vibrational medicine, if you need more connection to air element, to lightness and joy and heart opening in your relationships and in your dating, then working with your cervix and working with the air element is a great way to do that. Now, if you think about ether and celestial energies and astral energies, that's when we get into the throat and the third eye and the crown. And each of those also link to a sexual anatomy part of us. I'm not going to get into all of those, but if you take my sacred sexuality course, then we will, you know, be talking about the pelvic floor and the G-spot and the ovaries and um, all of these things that house sexual energy, even if you're not physically touching them, can be a big part of our of our turn on. Now, we've talked about how this all affects patterns of attraction and how if you're missing one of these elements or if it's very weak within yourself, within your relationships or within your dating experience, by rounding that out, you're going to start attracting a different type of person. So, for instance, when I was dating before I met Jason, I was really in my water element. I was super like sad, really. I mean, sad, distraught. I was in despair. I wasn't sure if it was ever going to happen for me that I would meet someone that could be a lifetime partner. And I feel like I wasn't bringing my best self to the people that I was dating because I was a little bit closed off and also very emotional. And I wasn't able to find any joy or lightness or playfulness. I just felt a lot of skepticism and negativity. And I'm certain that that heaviness, like too much earth, too much water, was weighing on the people that I was attracting. Because I was actually attracting a lot of people who had, a, who had fire and air. And they were just like, oh, this is really fun. And then three weeks later, six weeks later, oh, wait, I don't want to date you anymore. Or like, oh, I'm I'm looking for something different. So because I was so much in my water and so much in my earth element, I was attracting my opposite. I was attracting people with fire and air. But those people with fire and air weren't very grounded and they would just leave me and leave the you know, situation or the dating, dating situation or relationship if we had gotten that far. But most of the time we hadn't, <laughs> you know. And then I was feeling really exhausted by all of that. Now, about a year or so before I met Jason is when I really started doing even more of my embodiment practices, connecting more to my cervix, connecting more to my heart, and connecting more to my joy, like doing things travel-wise and creative with my creativity that opened up a lot more of possibility. And there were things I changed in just even the way that I was like working out and things that I was doing with my body. I was still doing things related to my feminine energy and embodiment practices for my feminine, but the texture of how I was doing it changed to be much more with these fire and air elements. Now, Jason has fire in him too, but as most of you who know him know, he's very grounded. He has a lot of earth and he's able to hold my fire and hold my water and hold my air in a way that really balances me. So had I still been in my I'll call it like soggy phase, too much water, too much emotion. I don't know if he would have been attracted to me or I don't know if the relationship would have had the same longevity as it has now. We've also had times in our relationship, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, where not much is happening sexually for a few weeks. And that's really hard on me because I absolutely love sex and I love connecting sexually. 
And sometimes it's on me to bring a little more spark, a little more passion into the relationship. And one of the best ways for me to do that is to reconnect to my own sexuality, specifically to the fire element as represented by my clitoris, to connect more to that part of me, to use a yoni egg that's red or orange and re revitalizing, you know, like this fire. It looks like the fire. It's it's like a spark. It's passionate. So there's a lot of tools I use from yoni eggs to self-pleasure to different cervical wands and otherwise that help me feel more in touch with my passion and my fire. And that always translates to him. Then he notices like, oh, she feels lit up. Like she looks radiant. She's got this spark in her. And then that reignites things sexually. Or there's times even just recently where I was planning one of our date nights at home. And I was like, huh, what, what should we do? What am I craving? And I realized, I think we need more inspiration. Like I want to feel more not only more excitement, but more novelty in our sex life. So I led Jason through an experience that I also teach my clients in my sacred sexuality course. And it's a lot of air element. It's a lot about exploration and touch. And touch is also related to the heart chakra because our hands are connected to our heart. And the heart chakra is the place of, of the air element. So it's about communication and touch and body language and exploration and vision and anyway I won't I won't get into it too much more but yeah I led Jason through an exercise where we both discovered but I especially discovered the type of touch that I really really love and I had always known that I don't like like being tickled with feathers and things that are too light I thought I liked more like heavy pressure but I realized no like I like kind of in between in between as light as a feather versus deep pressure and there's this way that like if he almost drapes his fingers on me, like kind of drags the fingers a little bit, just a tiny bit of tension or friction, like, oh, that is so delicious in my nervous system. But had I not brought in this air element, we wouldn't have discovered that. I wouldn't have discovered that. And that's completely changed, you know, how Jason touches me and how I experience pleasure just from him putting his hand on my back or his hand on my shoulder. So... When you know the elements in your body and in your partnership and in your sexuality, it makes things so fun because not only can you change your patterns of attraction and start connecting with different people in person or on the apps, but in a relationship, you can also then bring in different parts of your sensuality and enhance different parts of the relationship. You know, if I was going through a really tough time, I would want Jason to bring more water element, more compassion, more softness, more fluidity, more grace for me. So knowing our element and our partner knowing our elements and how they balance each other out can give us a lot of tools for alchemy. And as I mentioned, alchemy is an offering. It's an offering to our partner, to ourselves, to the land, to God. Like one of the things that to me is so um, erotic and inspiring is to think, any emotion or situation or relationship can be alchemized into the highest expression. And that alchemy is a gift of God. It's part, it's a gift to God. It's part of how we as humans can help tend to our relationships and tend to the sacred is by alchemizing emotions or resistance or pain or fear in our bodies and in our relationships to exalt love in our lives and in society. And this also impacts the way that we operate in our ecosystem. So whether you're in partnership or not, like you live somewhere that has a specific energetic and elemental makeup. 
you know, I live in Southern California, and although it's been unseasonably cool this spring and early summer, it is normally hot and dry. So if I'm always hot and dry because the land is always hot and dry and it's always fire and air, I can help balance my body and the environment by bringing in more water, by bringing in more earth. And as I get more watery and more earthy, then I become in more right relationship with the land. I start slowing down enough to talk to my plants and to water them regularly and to notice the changes of the seasons in nature and the flowers blossoming and the bees pollinating and all of these things. But if I'm just fire and air all the time, just like the land is, then I'm just going to be spun out and not really paying attention, not tending to my sacred spaces and my home and my garden and out in our neighborhood. So I personally believe that as humans, we're not just here to extract from the planet and to manifest what we want without any regard for the people or the places around us, but we're here to alchemize and transmute whatever's getting in the way of love, whatever's getting in the way of the highest expression of life. And part of the way we do that is through making these offerings through our body sexually and through our body in connection to that land and the ecosystem. And in the retreat that I'm leading coming up this fall, what I'm super excited about is it's on this beautiful land, this beautiful property in NorCal, rolling hills and giant Madeira trees and oak trees um, and fir and other types of trees. And I'm blanking on some of the other vegetation. And the retreat is in early November. And as long as there's been the first rains of the season, we will get to sow seeds on the land. So part of the retreat as women, we will be sowing seeds on the land to help regenerate the land and the, the ecosystem there, but also as a symbol of us planting and sowing seeds of what we want in our lives and in our relationships. It's a deeply feminine practice, like the indigenous culture of that, of that land, of that space, would have women sowing seeds this time of year in hopes and prayer for abundance of a harvest, but not just an agricultural harvest, like an abundance of the land, for the land to flourish, knowing that when the land flourishes, our bodies flourish, and when our bodies flourish, our relationships flourish, and when our relationships flourish, there's peace and harmony. So as we work with the elements within ourselves and within the land, we're sowing these seeds to create a new way of being in love and being in partnership. And in the Wild Sensuality Retreat, we're going to do a lot of this elemental sensuality through embodiment practices and archetypes, through these offerings to the land, through having time to connect to nature, and through witnessing each other. You know, it's really cool to see a woman who's really expressing her water element through the way she moves her hips or the tears in her eyes or the longing of her heart. And it's beautiful to witness a woman in her air element like a hummingbird, you know, fluttering and floating in that innocence and joy and a woman in her fire and her passion, her determination, her fierceness, like seeing someone in those energies through the way they move their body and the way they talk about the things that they want and that they're creating can be life changing. It can catalyze something within you. It can unlock something that you've never experienced or it can give you a broader repertoire of tools to bring back to your dating life or to your partnership. So the website for my wild sensuality retreat will be in the show notes, but it's Violet, I'm sorry, it's www.violetlang.com. That's just my name. 
and then forward slash wild dash sensuality dash retreat. So it's my website, violentling.com forward slash wild dash sensuality dash retreat forward slash. And that's how you can find out more about the retreat. You can see our itinerary, the location, transportation options, and book your room. There are shared room spaces and private room spaces. There's a lot of different options. And this retreat center is, not only is it beautiful, but like I said, they do regenerative land practices. They work with people of the indigenous culture to help them support the land and steward the land. The food that we'll be having is all organic and gluten-free options and local. And it's just, it's so pristine, the place and the food and the experiences and the people. And if we haven't worked together, I'll invite you to set up a call with me so I can get to know you before coming on retreat and um, as you're booking your space. So I really want to make sure that the time that we have together is safe and sacred and congruent with all of the different energies. So if you're interested, reach out to me at violet at violetling.com or go check out that link and sign up. Again, your acceptance into the retreat will be, um, I would say contingent, but it will be, you know, um, something that we will explore on a call. So once you book your spot or before you book your spot, if you reach out to me via email, we'll have a Zoom call and we'll just make sure it's a great fit and I can answer any of the questions that you might have. Most of the retreat will be people I've already worked with, but we have some spots for people who are new and I'd love to welcome you into my community and introduce you to amazing women and some really special practices for unlocking more love, more sensuality, more passion in your life. I think that's it for this episode, but I hope this has left you curious about your elemental sensuality and how to unlock and create more balance, how to alchemize any blocks or stuckness so that you can have more love and more passion and yeah, lots of amazing orgasms. So enjoy and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love. Because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk 